Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome to the show that looks back on albums, movies and video games to ask anyone for seconds. I'm your host, Dave. How's it going? Hello? Is anyone there? Is this even on? Well, guess I'm just shouting into the ether again. This week, we're taking a look at, arguably, people's least favourite album by System of a Down. The album known as Steal This Album. Uh, hey, come on in the side. Oh, cool. Can you download the Foo Fighters? Uh, yeah. Hold on. What did I do? You know it's illegal download copyrighted music. I'm taking you in. Pay for music, never legally download. Why this one? Well, as previously mentioned, the fans consider this to be the band's weakest album to date. It's a product of unfortunate circumstances, and admittedly, even though it's not their finest work, it doesn't mean it's all bad. With this in mind, shall we do the context dump of proportions that some could consider substantial? Why yes, let's do this thing! Let us begin our story in February 2001 where the band were in the midst of recording their second album, Toxicity, with legendary producer Rick Rubin. It is said that the band had written and recorded over 30 songs, with a view to whittling down those songs to the select 14 that were eventually to become known as the Toxicity album. Toxicity went on to sell, well, all of the copies. That album had been certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America by November 2002, a mere 14 months following its release in September 2001. This is the album that pushed the band into the stratospheric heights they are known for today. So, we're talking about Steal This Album. Why do I mention all of this about Toxicity? Remember how I said that the band wrote and recorded over 30 songs for Toxicity? Somehow, a bunch of these songs from these studio sessions managed to find their way online in early 2002, and they were released under the name of Toxicity 2. Fans excited to hear more system tracks, eagerly downloaded the tracks and shared them among their many friends. Not long after this, the band shared their feelings about the leaks in a statement outlining that they were disappointed that fans were hearing unfinished and unpolished material. The band then did the unthinkable. They decided to head back into the studio to finish off the tracks to a higher quality. Singer Serge Tankian stated in an interview with MTV that the leak made me not want to wait another two years to release them. It compelled me as an artist to say, this is not how it's supposed to sound. I want you to hear how it's supposed to sound. While incorrectly labelled by various media outlets at the time as a collection of B-sides, the band insisted that the songs were the same quality of those on the best-selling Toxicity and Romy left off for, I quote, did not fit the overall continuity of the album. Not only that, the band even snuck a few older songs from the back catalogue onto the album because, well, why not? Still, this album was released in November 2002 to generally positive reviews. It currently sits at an amicable 77 out of 100 on review aggregator website Metacritic. E-Online gave the album a score of 83 out of 100, stating, As leftovers go, this album is refreshingly tasty. The Rolling Stone Album Guide rated the album 3 out of 5, stating that still this album is a better than average odds and sods collection. And finally, my personal favourite review is from NME, 
who gave the album a solid three and a half stars out of five. Yes, System of a Down are insane, ridiculous, a brain pan pizza with extra mushrooms. But how can something this righteous ever be wrong? With this girthy contextual overload out of the way, it's now only appropriate to ask, anyone for seconds? First thing we need to address is the album artwork. The whole thing, stylistically, is made to look like a CDR, complete with a lack of liner booklet, plain CD with a handwritten title on it. It's an extremely clever design choice. Even the title of the album, not only is it reference to Annie Hoffman's book about fighting corporations and counterculture, called Steal This Book, but it's also a sly nod to the people who downloaded those initial demos in the first place. Sneaky move there, system. I see what you did. With 16 tracks, you'd think that the album would be sung what lengthy. However, clocking in under 45 minutes, it's a somewhat brief affair, and in my opinion, perfect length for an album. Let us begin with track one, Chicken Stew. If it's your first time with System, well, the insanity may be a bit much for you. What seems like an ode to a pizza is actually a clever statement about advertising and its constant barrage on the public. So, Dave, how does it work as an opening track, as you always like to ask in these album episodes? It works perfectly. It sets the tone, the mood, and aggressive nature straight out of the gate. While, yes, it's not an easy listen for some, it's definitely one of the stronger tracks off the album. From its initial staccato guitar attack, bouncing bass riff, to full-on meltdown screaming about pizza ingredients, it's one that you certainly won't forget in a hurry. Just as you try to comprehend what just happened, you slide into Inner Vision. This track is a more straightforward rock track. It's suitably heavy and really shows off singer Serge Tankian's inimitable soaring vocal style and drums that keep the groove fantastically. A solid effort for all involved in this track. Nice job. Track three is called Bubbles. This time, we are met with a far more aggressive guitar attack and bombarded with a heavy metal sound. Yes! I am loving it! I'm headbanging, my foot is tapping frantically, and we meet that middle section. A brief respite from the madness and intensity of the album so far. With his sing-along chant of May I Remind You, Bubbles never outstays its welcome and is gone before you even realise it. An amazing balls-to-the-wall ride. Nicely played system. We slow down a little now with Boom. Even though it seems decidedly calmer to start with, that's by no means an excuse to rest on our laurels. With spoken verses addressing profiteering from war, it's a powerful statement that we've not heard in this style before by the band. It's simple but effective. Even with the chorus kicking in, it practically caves your head in with its political message and ferocity. For me, I like the track, but it's not one of the album's stronger moments for all of its merit. That's not to say it's a bad track. It's just that there are far more superior compositions on the steel of this album. Following Boom, we reach New Guns. Not to be confused with Snoogans, okay? The guitar work is interesting during the verses, but aside from that, not all that stands out for me. Maybe the guitar solo played on an acoustic guitar with electric backing. It's an interesting move that keeps things fresh. Moving on. Track 6, ADD, or American Dream Denial. Another anti-war anthem. Powerful in its intent and poetry in its lyrics. Can I just take a moment to address Tankian's lyrics? Honestly, this album has some of the most politically charged lyrics by Tankian. For me, it's pure lyrical goodness. It's managing to not only get across a clear intent, but also paint a picture in tracks like The Highway Song, which, don't worry, we'll get to in due course. For me, 
Once Darren Malachian, the band's guitarist and songwriter, became involved in writing lyrics after this album, I feel like some of the magic was lost for this band. Sure, we get the classic line of Gonorrhea Gorgonzola on the Mesmerise album a few years later, but the more subtle things do get lost on the way. Back to ADD now, a clever play on attention deficit disorder, I find the drum work on this pretty damn good. Lots of nice little feels, not necessarily showing off, but keeping the overall groove going and maintain the overall aggression. It's a nice touch that is often overlooked. Track 7 now, we reach Mr Jack. Clocking in at 4 minutes 13 seconds, this is the longest track on the album, and it never outstays its welcome. Potentially written about a character who's pulled over for driving under the influence, using mouthwash as a way to disguise bloodshot eyes, possibly from drugs, to the cries of FUCK YOU PIG really gets the message across. With that wistful intro, you really get dragged into the track. This is the definite highlight of the album for me. On a related note, if you've never heard the live version, seek it out. It is ten times better and almost prog rock-esque in its nature. After Mr Jack, we reach the halfway point. How are we doing? Personally, I'm exhausted, but I'm far from done. So track 8 is called I-E-A-I-A-I-O. That's hard to say without chanting it. Again, this is another fantastic standout track, with the bass guitar playing a particularly strong role on this track. It really works wonders on the driving the hypnotic chant home during the chorus. Also, Tankian is on fine form screaming all sorts of insanity during the verses. His diction is impeccable, really managing to get every word out as fluently as possible, helping to create the sense of impending madness. Particular shout-out to the Knight Rider-inspired guitar solo. Don't think we didn't notice, because we did. After the insanity of I-E-A-I-A-I-O, will things chill out? The answer is no. We reached the track called 36. It's an assault on the senses like nothing we've heard before. The distorting guitar chords at the intro, the bombardment of sound, just never lets up. So the guttural screams during the outro. It has to be heard to be believed. The track Pictures follows on from 36. Again, will this album chill out? No, I don't think it will. Once again, you get that heavy guitar, but during the chorus breaks, you do get a nice little impression of a trumpet and drum rolls that would fit in nicely with a marching band. You know what? Given the insanity on display so far, I'm okay with this. It's a catchy, clever, and again, nice track. Even that bass guitar riff at the start of the track is bloody great. 10 out of 10. Would lose my mind to this again. Highway song is next. Along with Mr Jack, these are the songs that have to be heard off of this album. Everything about this track is just fantastic. The multi-layered harmony vocals between Tankian and Malakian are breathtaking. The guitars, electric and bass are all working in tandem to really great effect. Those drums. Oh, those drums. Let's talk drums, okay? So John Dolomayan is one of metal's most underrated drummers. His work on this track is honestly, it's diveable. His attack is so pronounced, it's so precise, and he knows exactly when to rein things in to let the other instruments shine through the mix. Even on tracks like Radio Video, once again off the Mesmerize album, his playing is impeccable. Drummers could have played something simple, but instead he tried something so batshit mad and difficult to comprehend other drummers can't imitate it. Definitely seek out Highway Song. Fuck the System is next. And once again, it's pure lunacy on the part of Tankian. With his inimitable style, this really elevates the track above and beyond. Apart from that, I mean, it doesn't really do anything special. Listen for the vocal performance. It's truly exceptional.
Do you know what? I was going to write off Ego Brain as pure filler. But then the chorus happened. It's a head-banging triumph that's heavy and yet contains enough melody to carry me through. Nicely done, system. Sneaky move making me care. I like it. We reach track 14 now, and we're approaching the end. I must admit, my neck hurts from all the headbanging I've been doing during the re-listen of this album. How the hell could people say that these are all B-sides is beyond me? Anyway, Theta Waves is next. I can give or take this track. It's nothing too special, but it does have a few moments of charm. But do you know what is special? Roulette. This wasn't a track that was initially leaked, but it's instead an old track that was refreshed especially for the album. And what a track it is! Consisting purely of vocals, acoustic guitars and violins, it's a marked departure from the rest of the album. For me, that's just what makes it so special. This is the third and final must-hear song from the album. It's a simple song, but it's powerful in its simplicity. Seek it out. The final track now, Streamline. I know what you're asking. How does it do as an album closer? Okay, so here it is. It is fine. The feel is fine. It just doesn't really feel like an album closer until maybe the final minute or so, with everything building to a crescendo of finality. I mean, sure, it does the job well, but plonk this track in the middle of an album, it will function well. However, I am no expert at album sequencing, so you could probably just ignore me. It's just a track that's just fine. And with that, we are done with Steal This Album. Overall, I quite like Steal This Album. So much so that I didn't steal it. <laughs> funny, Dave. Real funny. On a more serious note, this is a cruelly forgotten about album, purely because it followed on the heels of the juggernaut that was Toxicity. There are some genuine moments of pure heavy metal brilliance, as pure insanity and subtle nuance that play out magnificently. I can understand why many would see this as a lesser album in comparison with Toxicity, or their self-titled album, as it doesn't seem to be a concrete theme. While I've heard Toxicity many times, I can safely say that that album sounds unified. It has an overall theme. While still this album, it's a little bit scatterbrained. Ultimately, that approach actually works to its merit because the albums wouldn't work in context with another album. I mean, imagine going from the heady heights of Chop Suey into a track like 36. It's just confusing, and it's not uniform. At least with still this album, 36 has a home that suits its 40 seconds of utter madness. It's an album that definitely deserves a place within a self-respecting heavy metal fans collection. Hell, it's so much better than those leaked demos. Trust me. If you are curious... Those leaked demos are actually on YouTube, but believe me, the finished studio tracks are so much better. Thanks so much for listening. Do you agree? Disagree? Want to shout at me for being too obsessed with System of a Down? Why not get in touch? We're on Twitter as at anyone podcast. We have a Facebook page too. Just search for us. You're going to find us. Longer considerations and rants can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a like, rating and review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps grow the podcast and help reach us a bigger audience. This time, I'll leave you with a snippet from the live version of Mr. Jack, just for a little taster. Thanks again. Stay safe. You got this.